From the traditional and unceded territory of the Clay Claytone First Nation and the heart of Northern BC, welcome to the CNC Podcast. 50 years, 100,000 alumni. At CNC, we're learning together, changing lives and creating futures. Welcome to the CNC Podcast, and I'm Mark Cargillotto. We have an experience with a number of students here at the college who will come back. They will try an opportunity. They will come back and potentially even move on to becoming staff members at the college. And my guest today has a, a very rich tradition here with CNC through studying art, studying business, and now moving on to be uh, an advisor of sorts in our Aboriginal Resource Center here at CNC's Prince George campus. She's Stephanie Jack. Welcome to the CNC podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Tell me about yourself. How did you uh, uh, come to CNC? What What are your roots uh, in this region and elsewhere? Well, um, my name is Stephanie Jack. My maiden name is Strong. I'm Cree Métis. I was born in High Prairie, Alberta. Mm-hmm. And I grew up somewhat traveling. So um, my mother likes to call it the wandering spirit, kind of that Cree nomad style. We would move around often. So High Prairie... Slave Lake, Dawson Creek, here is where I decided to put down roots. The rest of them moved on to Vancouver now. Oh, wow. Yes. So you've seen a lot of uh, of Western Canada and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What do you like about being here? I really love the open feel. Like, it's not too big of a city, but it's just big enough. And, and then what ultimately attracted you to CNC? Uh, I really wanted to learn, you know, get my higher education, so... Uh, when I first graduated high school, I tried to attend. I had to put that on hold for a while. And in 2015, I decided to give it another shot. Great. Uh, let's Before you came here, well, actually, even through your time here and, and prior to that, you had mentioned that you'd been doing some art. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because that factors into your studies, I think, too, didn't it? Yes, it did. Um, so my mother grew up in a small town outside of Slave Lake, Mm -hmm. called Widewater, a very small community. And um, she grew up being raised in that Cree tradition. So she was a fluent speaker. She knew all of the um, ins and outs of our heritage. And she was a big advocate in, you know, equality and stuff like that. Um, I remember growing up with helping her doing her little beadwork and other types of art. So it was definitely ingrained at a young age. And do you still do beadwork today? Yes, I do. What's the kind of work that you specialize? Oh, you brought some. Do you want to hold it up to the camera? Oh, great. So I tend to do little crafts like um, beaded earrings. Mm -hmm. And this one is a piece of birch bark. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the headphones got a little bit in the way of them, so yeah. uh, we're not going to cause you any, any hurt or anguish that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like you started doing upgrading here, but then moved on to fine art. Can you tell me more about uh, why you chose that? Yeah. Um, when I first came here, I decided I wanted to try and take nursing, mm-hmm. and I did all the upgrading for that. And once I got into a little bit of a taste of it for the first semester, I quickly found out I wasn't the type of person to go through nursing. Oh, I'm starting to hear what happened. Needles of blood. Oh my gosh. 
So you do needlepoint, but needles and blood don't necessarily work out together then. I have no idea how that correlation works <laughs> either. But um, yeah, so I had all my plans had just went out the window and it was recommended to me because I do a lot of art and I had always taken an art class growing up. Why not try fine arts? So I took the first year fine arts certificate program and it was amazing. They had all kinds of techniques. You can learn all the courses, art history and um, even first nation art. And I had to, I got to learn a new style, like um, they taught the local style and the uh, northern Coast Salish type of styles. And uh, each region is its own country, essentially. Every um, culture or clan has its own um, territory. Can you tell me more about the difference in styles, what would be encountered in the region that, that served by CNC, and then how you had learned initially through your Métis and Cree heritage? Yeah, um, what I gathered from the Clayton Tene territory is that they have a lot of um, solid shapes, like a lot of distinct cultural shapes that they use to identify their artwork, right? But uh, with Cree... Artwork is essentially the same, but um, we have also a lot of Métis influences. So we use um, what would be described as pointillism or doticure is you would paint like you're beading. So all of the artwork styles look like they've been beaded, but they're actually in paint form. Okay. Yeah. And you have, I think, a website that you've shared with us in that, and I, I trust that people will be able to see some of your art there then as well. Yeah, um, it is a little um, rudimentary, but it does showcase a little bit of my art. Oh, that's terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, you moved on to business management, and uh, and that's how we were introduced, was I understand that you had done some marketing work in that. So can you tell me where, how you got drawn to that? Yeah, um, after I finished fine arts, I took part in um, a few other workshops to figure out what I wanted to do, and a lot of recommendations was that I had strong leadership skills stemming from work as uh, the Indigenous student representative from the student union. And it was like, um, you should take a business management program with a focus on leadership. And that's exactly what I did. What have you enjoyed about it? There's so much... uh, I could tell you what I didn't enjoy was the self-reflection they have you take. Um, A lot of it was getting to uh, figure out what type of person you are in order to help others. And that was like a great philosophy to learn. And I loved it. But also, you know, some truths you didn't want to face. Yeah. You've done other things, though, too. I understand that you were involved with the the Orange Shirt Committee that you've— you, you've traveled in that in terms of advocacy for uh, for Indigenous peoples. Do you want to tell me a little more about that, please? Yeah. Um, when I first got here, it was a little bit different. Um, I was shy and introverted. I couldn't be bothered by anybody or couldn't be, you know, challenged to do something new. I just wanted to focus on my studies and get it going. But then... Um, 
I felt safe in my safe haven in the Ark. And Darlene McIntosh, the cultural advisor there, she noticed me and saw how isolated I was. And she inspired me to, you know, start little, just helping out, helping clean, maybe do uh, little things. And then came the opportunity of joining the student union. And through the student union is where I started off with um, carrying on the work that others have started with the Orange Shirt Day, Red Shirt, Red Dress Day, um, Women's Memorial March. All of those were campaigns started by a Ken Salonis, my uh, mentor at the time. And it really changed how I wanted to do things, how I wanted to help others. Now, you're involved with the Aboriginal Resource Centre, or, or ARC as we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your role there now, and why is it important to you? It's kind of a continuation of what I've been doing already, helping other students. So as a Aboriginal student navigator, it's a relatively new uh, position in the ARC. But essentially, I am helping students navigate through college life. They come here, they don't know exactly where to go. They don't know the departments they need to get their forms from and get started. So that's kind of what I do. Um, I help these students get the forms they need, uh, who the right person to talk to about certain things. You know, go to student union to get your U-pass. That's the kind of um, help I like to provide. And also, it extends Beyond the campus, it extends into the community. Um, knowing all of those outsourced outsourced um, resources that students can take also helps them be more successful in their studies. Did you think that your path was going to take you t- through fine art, business management, working at the ARC, and all of these leadership opportunities, if I would have asked you this question 10 years ago? No, no. Um, Like I said before, I wanted to focus on um, film school, uh, learning to act or create um, movies, any type of visual arts media. Yeah. Yeah. But I find this role really fulfilling, you know? It's, um, I had to rely on others to help me when I was a student. And now I can be that, that shoulder that I've, that the new students can rely on. And I felt like that was like a really good experience and hopefully I can pass on that knowledge and experience to others, you know, pass on the torch eventually and be a good role model. Like uh, my daughter, she looks up to me. Um, She's like, mom does good work. I should do that too. So she herself has been involved in leadership programs at her own elementary school. That's terrific. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me what's the the biggest piece of advice that you would offer uh, a student looking at a place like CNC or even post-secondary education in general if you had to talk to someone who might be considering the path that you did? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest advices that I can give is, you know, you're, you are responsible for how you behave towards others and how... You want others to perceive you. If you don't want help, 
others can feel that and they will leave you alone. But if you do want the help, you just have to ask. It may be like against your pride or shame, but um, there's a lot of people that are really interested in helping you succeed. And you just have to be willing to accept the opportunities that come at you or be on the lookout for new opportunities to learn. Thank you very much for this, Stephanie. It sounds like you've made wonderful contributions at CNC and will continue to do so. And uh, thank you for your time on the podcast today. Thank you so much. For more about CNC's programs, visit our website, cnc.bc.ca. Thank you to Taryn Johnson and Dustin Ruth for producing the CNC podcast. We welcome your comments and ideas for episodes. Please contact us at communications at cnc.bc.ca. Thanks for listening to the CNC podcast and have a great day.